you know that I don't necessarily always tie myself to the parsha, but Rabaisa, uh, there's a point that I wanted to talk about, and I, and I found uh, a nail to hang it on in this parsha. So, like, you know, come on. So the version says, I'm a chaseni me avroham esher ni avroham. So the version says that I made this relationship with Avraham. Because I know that he's going to pass on to his to his Mishpacha. This mida of lasis stoko mishpat. So Rome, so Rome is going to pass on to the, the nation of the nation of Yisrael the concept of what Chazal say. Chazal say that Klai Yisrael is is Rachmanim by Shonim and Gemel Chasadim. So Klai Yisrael is going to be the nation which has the, these midas which the Bereshit found so significant that he wants to have this relationship with Avram. So uh, one of them is the concept of Gemilus Chesed. The Bromavina was known as the Amura Chesed, etc. But the Pasuk, uh, the, the Pasuk refers to this concept of the Lashon of Yediyah. And so I want to focus on the Nakuda of Yediyah in conjunction with the Mida of Chesed. This young man not here, a long time ago, uh, wanted to be Mitzuyan in the Midah of Chesed. And he would, mamish, he was, he was tremendous chesodim. He would, uh, night before a bris, he would set up all the tables by himself. But like, you know, uh, he, he would run to the end of the world to do a chesed for you. But for the life of the fellow, he could not figure out what you needed, unless you would say He didn't get people. He didn't get what makes them tick. He didn't get what was really what they really were saying. He didn't get it. So is he about Chesed? You know, if you want to put make this list in Shemayim that he did Chesodim, he did some Chesodim. Will he get scar for the Chesodim that he did? He'll get scar for the Chesodim that he did. Can you call him a Baal Chesed when he's not really seeing the person on the other side? What he's seeing is himself reflected in the other person. I know what I need. I'm going to assume that you also want the same things that I want, and therefore I'm going to make sure that you have those things. Now, many times that overlap works, and that was good. Then many times overlap didn't work because he didn't really understand people. Some of, some of you over the last school for Ben to be in my house, some of the older people have been in my house a while. One of the things we do by, by, by the Suda is called the Ein Tovin, Ein Tovin Newsletter. And I always tell that my goal over here is not Dan Lechavsus, it's Ein Tova. Now, it's much, sometimes to have an Ein Tova, you have to download the person Lechavsus. Part of the Avoido is to see if we can reframe what's happening in a positive way. That's the idea. 
So something happened, which seems to be obviously negative. Maybe there's a, there's a benefit to it. Maybe there's some way where really it's something which is good, etc. When you want to download the Chavzchus, you're saying the same thing. When you want to download the Chavzchus, what you want to do is you want to see the world from another person's eyes. And from where he's coming from, he's got a good point. Where he's coming from, it makes sense why he got upset or why he did what he did. Now, we can discuss whether he's right or wrong, but at least we know where he's coming from. But to really understand where a person's coming from, well, you know, I, I know where he's coming from, but, but really he's wrong. I mean, chances are you probably don't know where he's coming from, and he might actually be right. That awareness, Chazal Yitzhak used interesting in Lashon, Bitzvah of Ramavino, he says, Ramavino was a mirror of Chesed. Torah wasn't given until later, because Derek Eretz cut the Torah. The idea of Derek Eretz is that the, the understanding of that there are certain ways we have to interface other people, what, what other people's needs are, what other people's wants are. I think I said this idea here before. Uh, it, it bears repeating. So I live in a community, let's say, and we basically have the group of people who live in this community the last 40, 50, 60 years, pretty much a pretty homogenous community. We know each other. We have a certain culture, how we deal with things. We have a, we're, we're very careful about the way our lawns look. We drive pretty nicely. We have block parties on a regular basis, and everybody comes. We all very similar in our culture, etc. This new family moves in, a few families are moving in, and they drive very quickly, and they don't keep their front lawns clean, and they don't join any, any, any of our um, events, and they talk a little bit of a different language, and they never say hello to me, etc. And I point out, you know, that you know, like, we don't really like people like that moving in, and they call me an anti-Semite. Because the people who moved in were Jewish, and I'm not Jewish. You just made an anti-Semite. The reason why the person reacts like that has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. His, he, you heard every single sensitivity that the person had. He's proud of the way his house looks. He's proud of the fact that the community has my, the front lawns look nice. He's proud of the fact that the community, that it's a safe place and, and nobody's rushing through and they're flying through it, you know. Right? He likes the fact that everybody gets together and, they, and everybody feels that, they, that, that they're, they're friendly with each other and they, they connect each other and they care about each other. And this person moves in and, you know, and basically shoulders them out. You know. And then they call me an anti-Semite. I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm frustrated. So how about the, the, the people move in and say, you know, these people over here have been living here for 50 years. And they, they like the community to be a certain way. So I want to be very careful to understand what their culture is and how they like their lawns to look. And I'm going to make my lawn look the same way. And when they have a, and, and I notice that the people around her all drive like sugar that they drive very slowly, I'm going to also drive very slowly because that's apparently the way this community does it. And I want to make sure that I get up every morning and I walk, walk down the street and I say hello to everybody because that's what everybody else does in the community. Maybe they won't, maybe they won't dislike me anymore. Because I'm understanding where they're coming from. That's called Derek Harris. So I don't, you know, now there are anti Semites out there. 
But we don't have to make them. And then we go to court against them. And we label them on the news news that they're anti-Semites. Right? And we win in court. We won in court, but we lost in the relationship. And I, am I saying something which is like extraordinarily difficult to understand? I think if you say it like this, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I always wonder, like, why is nobody else saying this? Recently, Baruch Hashem, Rebellion Brutney said the same thing. He says, you have to be aware of the, the, the cultural norms around you. you, have to, you know, are you going to join their, their black parties? Obviously, there's limitations to do that. But it doesn't mean you can't make a caucus cake to stand or something. I don't know. Like, you know. Show someone that you're respecting what they're doing and that, that you, you, the idea of everybody getting together is a nice thing. I, I can't join because I have, a, you know, I have certain limitations. I, I can't be there. Right? Seichel, there's a saying that, you know, common sense is not very common. You can't buy Seichel. Either you have it or you don't have it. You can't buy it. S-K-M-N-K, Seichel Kemenish Kreuzer. Remember that, S-K-M-N-K. Can't buy Seichel. You got to get it. You got to work on it. So that's true vis-a-vis the neighborhood. What about vis-a-vis the, the, the guy in the dorm? What about vis-a-vis your siblings? What about vis-a-vis your parents? So a guy comes home from Venezuela. And, you know, he heard this, you know, but he's paying, you know, Baruch Hashem's tuition for his kid, and Baruch Hashem is Kiddush Tayin, etc. And he's, he's very proud of that, very happy with that. And the guy comes on Ben Azman, and then he dominates by the, by, the, by the 947 minion, you know, which is called for 930, but it doesn't have 947, right? He stays up late at night schmoozing with his friends, and he opens a maybe come, come every day for a few minutes. It's well, I'm laying out, you know, whatever the tuition is right now, $22,000 a year, something of that sort, or whatever the number is, I don't know what the number is, or something like that, yeah. That my son should be a Tamakokum, and I'm so proud he should become a Tamakokum, and he didn't open a safer and hold in his mind. If I'd be a father, I'd be frustrated. Dad, get off my back. Whether you'll say it or not, but that's what you're thinking. It's not. You, you don't understand. You're not looking at where he's coming from. Right? He's got a, he's, from his vantage point, he's frustrated about something. A father doesn't want to have a relationship with his son. Of course he does. A father doesn't want that they should have a nice relationship together. Of course he wants that. So, so then just do it. No, it's not sometimes It's frustrating. People, parents, human beings also. I wasn't involved in this. Person, young man, masmid, learning well, etc., etc. Benizmanim, this is what his Benizmanim looked like. His father was very frustrated. Father reached out to the... So, the, the, 
he became, the Rebbe became aware of the fact that the father was frustrated because the, the father took away the son's allowance. So the Rebbe felt the Bukhar needed some pocket money. He started providing pocket money for the young man. From the conversation, he realized like, what the issue was. So unbeknownst to the, to the young man, he recorded the Chaburas that the young man was saying and sent it to the father, emailed it to the father. One day, the young man comes over to, to, the, to the Rebbe. He says, you know, my father said to me, send me allowance again. Everything's okay. Don't worry. It, worked, it worked out. Baruch Hashem, it great. Smart Rebbe. What, the Baruch was learning well during this month. He was really, he was learning stark. He was preparing for words. He was saying intelligent. He was saying good, etc. But in his mind, it's for chilling out. Right or wrong, that's not the issue. You know, but that, that's what he does. The father just sees that. The father knows what, what, what's going on in yeshiva. The son calls up his father and gives him a, a major bericht of how he's doing yeshiva. Hi, Dad, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'll talk to you next week. That's about the phone call at home where it works, right? Eric. How's Mommy doing? I'll try and call her if I have time before Shabbos. I'll try and call her too. Maybe, like, you know, that's what the left of the, the... So how's the Bible supposed to know how you're doing yeshiva? Like, I mean, honestly. So his measure of how you're doing yeshiva is better than mine, which is a horrible measure of how you're doing yeshiva. <laughs> so Silver Bay, my first smile, I sent my son away to tell us. So, so I'm a horrible measure of what's called normal in yeshiva. I have no idea what's called normal in yeshivas because, you know, like, my life wasn't normal, you know. And my Chaburah of Chaburim was also not normal. You know, I had a very, very Chashim of you know, of guys who were major, major must meet him. Lunchtime, nighttime, Arab Shabbos, most of things like weirdos, you know. Right? The Rebbe calls me up the day before first Fan is Manim, but he calls me up, I think, either Arab Yom Kippur or maybe Motsi Yom Kippur. He says, your son had a very good smile. He says, he's going to come home and probably not learn a word the whole band is mine. That's normal. Don't worry about it. He's, I'm telling you, it did, did very well for this man. That's very, it's very normal. And don't worry about it. It was such a chesed. The Rebbe did that. Because then whatever he learned was like, you know, if you make the baseline zero, whatever he learned is a Kabbalah Right? But it was such a chachma the Rebbe did because, like, you know, my picture, he went to yeshiva, like, and he, last year he was an eighth grader, you know, and he was playing basketball. But, but, uh, then he went to tell yeshiva and he's going to come back and learn 10 hours a day. I mean, like, you know, like, I don't know what's called normal after a month and a half in yeshiva, like, right? I mean, parents, that's their dream. But how many barchim chap, that's how the parents think. And how much challenging it is for parents to have a, be, 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 have a smiling countenance at their child because the Bukhar never put itself into the parents' shoes. Now, the parents have the job to put themselves into the Bukhar's shoes, which is very challenging because what's called normal? What's called, I, I went to tell Zajiva, you know, here we go, okay, the old man's, okay, I, when I was a boy, you know, I, You know, the father rolls it out. And when I was in yeshiva, I go, oh no, here we go again, right? 
you know, but the, what's the point of the Bokhashin here is whether it's true or not, first of all, some of it's, you know, it's like, you know, whitewashing the, the realities. Like, the good old days weren't so good. Okay. But the Bokhashin, the, the what should he hear is, you know what, my father has no yardstick to measure what, what's called normal. If that's Hakashu, that's what they did, or even a little bit, that's what he did when he was in Shiva. I didn't have all Shavasim when I was in Dalton Shiva. That's true. We came Sukkot. It's a six month winter. We came Sukkot. We went on Pesach. We didn't have it all Shabbos. The only thing we had was we, we switched Prokim in the middle of this month. So there was a Shabbos in the middle. The Kiddos were on Friday. We started the new Liman on, 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 on Sunday. And Shabbos, we didn't have anything to keep to learn because there was no Kiddos or anything like that. No, no, no Liman. So guys uh, learn less. So to me, that's called a Masmer. Right, so my kid comes home, you know, every every four weeks. What's wrong with the kid? <laughs> What's wrong with the yeshiva? Like, oh, it's out of Silver Spring, so it's, that's you know, that's, what, what, what do you expect? You know, yeah, I'm making the sunnahs out of it, but you understand that that's a challenge. How's he supposed to know what's normal is? He learned, you know, by whatever, you know, wherever the, wherever the yeshiva is, he learned, you know, it was not different in those days. It was now. Is nowadays the right? Was that best for the Bachrim? I remember when the first of Shabbos, when they when they introduced the North Shabbos and Dalzish, you were allowed to ask Rishus for Shabbos Hanukkah, and maybe you got Rishus. Not always. That was what they had. They introduced the first of Shabbos because the Bachrim needed a break. Their gift went to the roof. That holiday meeting, they voted that they're going to do it. The gift was against it. And we got a schmooze. So not only do we, we get, I was already a, a young man, but the Bokhim, I was about a schmooze. Like, not only the Bokhim get to off Shabbos, they get to feel guilty, they get to make them feel like whatever. Like, you know, they say, off Shabbos, like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, Tawari Tara is like breathing air. You want to, ha- want to take a break from breathing air? I mean, it's not a nidus. It's like, but they, you know, we got this, you know, Rashid with all of his Ganskite, you know, like, you know, the wall shook about, you, you want to stop breathing for, for, for three days. <laughs> We felt very good. She <laughs> <laughs> was in pain. The, how could you dream of such a thing? Now, this is a man that went, that, that, that left his home in 19, left, well, he left his home, he went to learn in New York. He left America in 1933, and he came home in 1938, then 1938, right before the, you know, he was, he was, he was gone for four or five years. So, like, an off Shabbos is like, really? So, the point I'm saying is, yeah, you know what? off Shabbos. I'm in. The first time we did a, I mean, yeah, I'm an old man. First time we did the, the retreats, the Buddhist retreats, you know, the Warrens, Warrensburg. Rabbi Shear and Rabbi LaBelle came to me at the Bakram, we should do this retreat. I said, what? Like, yeah, we're going to drive for eight hours and we have like a relaxed type of Seder Lee mood and the guys doing activities in the afternoon. I mean, like, like, you know, like, this is like, like, I mean, I said, you know what, listen, you guys are much more in touch with the, the reality of the Bokhim Lee than I am. I wasn't, I was, I mean, Rush Kerlo plus Rebbe at that point in time. I said, I'm, I'm older. I'm not necessarily picking it up. You're picking it up. I trust you. I don't get it. After the, after the week, I said, you know what, I really see it. The Bokhim, it really was quality for the Bokhim. 
I would never have tapped it. And I'm a Rebbe in Yeshiva. Hey, Dad, we're going up to Warrensburg for a week. <laughs> and what are you doing there? Well, you know, there's, there's a great lake, and they have these, 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 these boats that you can just drive. It's right, right there for free. <laughs> and there's a mountain which you can go climbing. And one morning we got tired, we're going to get up really early and we had to climb up the mountain and Dom was seeking on top of the mountain. We tried, never got in enough guys who were willing to do it. I was in, right, but the guys didn't want, you know. Right? And there'll be baseball games every afternoon. Like, what do you want from the father? Like, he, like, they, didn't, they, they didn't do that when he was running Lakewood. Right? So, so, Okay, my netbook, my son's in this rehab issue. But I, I, you know, I, <laughs> it, 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 he's not a bad person. He just has no, he has, so how are you going to explain, how are you going to give it over in a way that you're understanding his sensitivity? The best thing to do, by the way, is call your mother first. And explain, like, you know, Ma, I, you know it's, it's going to be great. Mama's going to refresh ourselves, and the book, I really need it, and I really need it so much, and I'm going to be so, so, so Oh, I'm so happy you're going to feel good about it. I'm going to tell your father how wonderful it's going to be. If he says anything, I'll take care of it. Right, that's a mom's job, right? Is... And what about your mother? I had a nice couple. Speckin tells Yeshiva. I had a couple that uh, the husband was about Shuva. The wife was an FFB. She was from a more modern background. And when they got married, they were holding a fairly similar level of, of Yiddishkeit. But he's about Truva. Right? So he's going like this. And she's very happy where she is, like this. So right now they're like this. But, you know, two years later, it's getting a little bit tense. So he says, you know, I never had a chance to learn yeshiva. He came from ready, he was ready, he was a lawyer. He says, you know, see, he, he decides he's going to take off a year, he's going to learn first day yeshiva. So he cuts back on his clients which means cut back in the income. And he starts going to yeshiva every morning. Now, the wife didn't sign up for a, for a yeshiva about her husband. She didn't sign up for Kohler. It, it was creating a little attention. My role in the picture was that I was, he was going to a shear, but he needed a prep for the shear. So I used to live with him at the beginning of the, beginning of the morning for, uh, I don't know, an hour, I think, something like that, 20 minutes, an hour he used to live with him. So he says to me, like, you know, what do I do? He says, I'm going to tell you what to do, and I'll explain it to you later. He says, when you get home, like, your wife has, how, how are you? Your wife asks, how was your day? He says, Mark Hashem, it's good. By breakfast, just give me breakfast. By breakfast, you know, she welcome are very good. They just, they solve all the world's problems by breakfast. You know, you know that. Like, the welcome, they have opinions about everything. This is the way the country should run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some, <laughs> some welcome are better than others. And they have the mic, so there's always a guy by the table who's busy, you know, ex expounding on how we're going to solve all the world's crises, right? <laughs> Mark up in your mind one or two of those ideas. And when you get home, tell your wife about them. And come back, and we'll talk about it in a few weeks. He comes back to me and says, it worked like a charm. Now explain it to me. I said, okay, let's explain something. You get up every morning and you go out to an exclusive men's club for five hours. 
You come back and your wife says, how was it? You say it was nice. What is she hearing? She's hearing that he's going to this place where I'm not allowed. I don't understand what's going on over there. And he's not giving any insight. He's not sharing his life with me. They said, Lahavdil, Yaakov and Leah, right, and Rachel, right? So Yaakov walks into Leah's tent and says, how was it with Rachel? It was nice. It wasn't, it wasn't it was nice mean. I have a relationship with her, which is none of your business, and I'm not saying anything more than that. That's what she's hearing. You have another wife called learning, and you're going to spend time with that wife. You come home and say, don't bug me about how it was with her. It's none of your business. I mean, that's how I said it. Was probably, was probably even more bigger than I say right now. Yeah. But when you came home and said, you know, whether it was breakfast, and she, she told her what they talked about at breakfast, etc., you made her that you're, that you're taking her with you into, the, into, into that world. She's your wife, and she's there with you, and she gets to hear what's going on, etc. She doesn't feel any competition anymore. She's very happy that you should do what she's happy. Why wants your husband to be happy? She doesn't want to feel that she's being cut out of part of his life. He said, wow, I never thought of it like that. Because he never thought how to look at the world from his wife's eyes. What does a woman feel like when that's happening? So this is the, the challenge of marriage. Because you're going to learn that. Because you'll be living with somebody 24-7, 365, who sees everything different than you, and you have to learn how to see the world through their eyes. And see it through their eyes and accept that that's a, a very valid way to see it. As valid or even more valid than yours possible. I understand where you're coming from, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's not very helpful. I see where my wife's coming from. I understand where she's coming from, but I'm right. I'm right. So part of the challenge of living as Bakram and Yeshiva is that we're not challenged to do this because you're living with a group of, a group of guys which are fairly similar to you. With all your differences, bottom line, you're all buffering, right? And you're fairly, you know, fairly similar. And you see the world a certain way, you know. And you don't have to, and, and you don't feel any major, major for requirement to adjust your way of seeing something to accommodate somebody else. And to try and understand them, and try and connect to them, and try and address their emotional needs. That's not your responsibility. I, I didn't pay tuition to take care of the guy next to me. I came to learn. You didn't pay tuition. Your parents pay the tuition, usually. I mean, usually. Right? But a Bakr could try and understand, like, you know, the mother sends her, her son away to Yeshiva. A mother wants to be connected to her son. She wants to know what's going on in her son's life. How is, like, how is, how is the week in Yeshiva? First of all, don't wait once. Don't call once a week. Call more than once a week. You know, I'm, my, I, you know, you know the, the breakfast was great. Mrs. Lapiansky serves the most wonderful things. I really, I'm really gaining so much. Don't gain so much weight. Don't worry, my mom. Don't worry, I'm exercising also. How are you exercising? I'm exercising. Now, how are you exercising? I'm exercising. What are you saying? Bug off in English. You know, I said, you wouldn't say that, right? Never talk to your parents like that. You just think it. She wants to know that you're healthy, you're okay. Share that with her. You know, yeah, you are exercising, right? 
you're going like this the whole day. I mean, like, you know, I mean, that, that, you know it's, it's very good for the arms. I don't know, whatever. Come up with something. But share your day with her. My wife has no idea, you know, and my charusa is good charusa. Why is it good? What's a good charusa? Not a good charusa. But she knows this charusa is really working out well for me. I really enjoy learning with him. It's so good to learn with him. This one didn't work out as well as I wished it would. You know, she doesn't know why. She doesn't know what makes a good charusa, not a good charusa. But she knows when I'm happy and when I'm not happy. I'm sharing that with her. You can share it with your mother too. Your mother, you know, she's not really so supportive of what you're doing in Shiva. At the end of the day, she wants you to be happy. The parents' most basic desire in the world is that they want their children to be happy. And if you're giving across the message that you're happy, really happy, you know, Ma, you, you know, you start giving all the fetches, it's not a smart idea. But you share what's, what is going well and how, why it's, how you feel so good about it, etc. And you share that on a regular basis. And you give her details, you know. And there was an interesting conversation by the morning, you know, so-and-so, you know, he, mom, he knows everything about everything. I can't, ima- I can't believe it. And he even makes stuff, stuff up also, like he knows what he's talking about, you know. You can say a joke, you know. I came from, right? So my mother, we lived in different worlds. My mother liked jokes. I used to read joke books before I called it. Ma, how many Jewish mothers does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. None. It's okay. I'll sit in the dark. It's okay. Oh my gosh, you guys didn't get it. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. Anyway, you're not a Jewish mother, yeah. My wife, I told my wife this one, my wife, she, she, she loved it, it was always great, you know. It, it, it's, uh, okay, I, I, don't worry, I won't have the chicken. I, I, it's okay, I don't eat chicken, it's okay, you can all have the chicken, I'll eat last. It's okay, I'll sit in the dark, that, that's okay, whatever. If you have to explain it, it's not worth it. <laughs> and the weeks that I didn't do that, it was kind of challenging. What am I explaining to about my world? You know, like, like, like it's Mars. You know, so I talked, I, I talked with this young man, I dealt with this, I dealt with that, you know. You know, you're, you're overworked. You need to take more of a rest. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm 45 years old. I, my mother was, I was, I was 49 when my mother passed away. Um, like, Reverend has a great mice. He was up in New York. His mother was still living in New York, so he went for some, he slept by his mother's apartment. So he's sleeping on the couch. No, not he feels like something like moving. He looks up, his mother is, is, is tucking in the, the, the blankets around him. He was 60 years old. That's what a Jewish mother is. 55, whatever. Right. He's a grandfather already. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you know, tucking in the, the, the blankets around him. Like, oh my gosh, you know. That's a Jewish mother. So what, are you feeding her needs? Are you aware of her needs? Uh, just, my, just I, I'm doing good and she would just bug off. It's not her needs. And when you start, you, you start seeing where they're coming from. Romero got people. He got where they're coming from. He got, the reason why he was effective, you want, to be, you want to be effective as a care worker, understand where a person's coming from. You want to be effective as a friend, as a parent, as a, parent, a, 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 as a spouse, as a functioning member of society. You have to understand where people are coming from. 
So, but one of the places where Bachar can work on that is an interface between the Bachar. You know, this other Bachar, he doesn't really enjoy the fact that, you know, so, you know, I have as much rights as him. You know, I, I want to go to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning. He wants to go to sleep, at, you know, at, 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 at 10.39 every night so he can wake up at 6.42, you know, and the guy's got to get a life. Like, what's wrong with him? He's so regimented, you know. Do I understand where his, what his needs are, where he's coming from, why that's so important to him, how that helps him function? All I see is, you know, I want to talk. If we start seeing the world from somebody else's eyes, you know, you know what? He, he, he really needs sleep. I never realized that the guy, Mamash, needs sleep. I don't need so much sleep. There's some people who need less sleep. Some people need more sleep. My father, Olav Shalom, slept, almost, almost didn't sleep at night time. I get it from somewhere, you know. I, I, my mother did. I, you know, which didn't make for the greatest shidduch in some ways. You know, like you know, like you know. He, he was a he, he was a workaholic. He could, you know, just carry who knows what on, on his back. You know. I, some people need a lot of sleep. I don't. So it must be that the guy has got a problem. He just, he's just being an auction. Must be that the guy needs sleep. So I can be more sensitive to it. There's so many opportunities that helps you be a beggar, better person. Forget about the other guy. Shlali Shema. He doesn't, I couldn't care less whether he sleeps or not. But I'm a better person if I think about it. You be a better person with Shlali Shema on Chesed? Interesting, Shaila. Tasha's not. Okay, but for the purpose of illustrations, we'll, get, we'll, we'll accept that. Let's say it like this. Okay, let's say it a little better. My Yetzir Time says, make sure I don't wake him. Yitzhahara says, I'm going to become a better person, a bigger person. Guys are going to like me more because I'm a sensitive guy and you know, I'm like, you know, so, you know, let him have a sleep. See, both sides say, let him have a sleep, so let him have a sleep. But you have to think about it in those terms. Okay, everybody, Sai, it's late. I, my sensitivity to your people, the fact that you want to eat supper, is lacking. <laughs> <laughs>